I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Today, you are in for a treat because we have Black Girl Digital founder and CEO Latoya Shambo here to talk to us about influencer marketing within uh, Black female creators. And we're going to be talking about dream partnerships to how the playing field is sometimes uneven and even also just what brands can do to work better with Black female creators and everything in between. So if you're interested, if you want to know, if you're here to be inspired, Grab a snack, tune in, and get ready for an amazing episode ahead. Latoya, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Colin, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So the first question we like to always start out with is, um, what does the term young influential mean to you? Um, young and influential means to me... Um, <sighs> just to be young and impactful, honestly, in whatever field, whatever industry um, that, that allows you to just make a difference, you know? And I don't even mean on a large scale because to be influential and impactful can be one-to-one. So as long as you are uh, making an impact in someone's life, you're, you, can, you can be considered uh, young and influential. I'm not gonna put an age on it because <laughs> because age is uh, it's all it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. You're all, you're as young as you think you are. <laughs> as long as your skincare routine has got you going, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't exactly. <laughs> um, so, what is your current role um, that you do at um, Black Girl Digital? And can you explain a little bit about it? Yeah. So at Black Girl Digital, I am the CEO and founder. Um, We broker brand partnerships between Fortune 500 companies and Black and diverse creators. Okay, let's go. She said said minority owned and founded. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, I mean six. It's six years in the game. This this wasn't you know uh, started yesterday because creators are popping. Like I've I've been about this since the dawn of time. (laughs) Done her research and worked. (laughs) Um, To zoom out a little bit, let's back up to like childhood. Um, What were some media influences or things that really sparked your love for media, like growing up? Okay, so fun fact, I actually thought I was going to be an A&R. Like, 
my my initial background was in music. I loved to sing. I was in a singing group okay. growing up. Okay. <laughs> Um, but realized very early that I had stage fright and I was like, okay, well, that's not going to work, <laughs> you know? So what's the alternative? And it, you know, just watching music videos and just being in awe of how that artist came together and, and the talent evolves, you know, that was really the, the heart and soul of, uh, why I wanted to be in A and R, and if you honestly think about it to this today, that is still the soul of what I do. You know, discover talent and present them with opportunities from a development perspective. We work with a lot of influencers on, you know, the creative production. Here are some tips and tricks. This is how you, you know, best structure your deals. Things like that. So, in in essence, I'm still very much. Um, doing what serves my soul. <laughs> what are some memorable music videos? You mentioned some. I have a, I have a, like many I can go into, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> okay, so the out. You know what's so interesting? The the video, the music video that was like, oh my gosh, I'm moving to New York. I'm gonna be an A and R. That is, I I want to discover talent because I heard the song and before I saw the video. I heard the song and I was like, man, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a hit. That's a hit. <laughs> and when I saw the video, I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. And I promise you it took off. It was um, Alicia Keys, Fallen. Oh, yes. It's so yeah, random, it's, you know. It's not though, like, I feel like she's an artist that's just truly evolved over time. Like, from, my favorite album from her is, uh, oh my goodness, why did I forget the title? Um Diary of Alicia Keys, like oh, that so entire good. front to end. And I just feel like that was when we're like, um, made me like also fall in love with New York, like just about like the diner scene where she was like, yeah. the way it's like on yeah. 39th Olympics, you know, the one to break. <laughs> you know, another fun fact, I was in, I was in one of her videos. Wait, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is what I was saying. Like, re- like real full Wait. circle of break life. Break it down. Like, break it down. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um the, so the video I, you don't you don't know my name yeah yeah and, yeah where they had like the party in the house I'm, don't be going to search for me though don't go to search for me don't, don't go to search for me right um i was um first i was i was in the party scene but then chris robinson took me out the party scene and he was like can you do this scene in the hallway and in the hallway scene i was kissing this boy and I was like, well, that boy better not put his tongue <laughs> in my mouth if we kiss. So what do you know? Oh boy put his tongue in my mouth. I was so it was so disgusting. But from there, Chris was like, he says, you know what? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna put you in my next video. <laughs> Yo, that's like one of my favorite music videos from her too. Like I love that one. Wait, that's so, so good. Cool. I'm trying to think of one that I really like. like I feel like Rihanna's Umbrella, which turned 15, which is now 15, which oh, is great. I'm not that even one. But I feel like that one was just like artistry. Just yes, like that was. Artistry. Yes. Yes. There's very few superstars in the world, you know, and 
for for the the A and R's for the, the the people who can identify these superstars early, you know, and just and develop them, and and they get on a, a really good track to becoming who they are destined to become. It's just beautiful to watch. It's so beautiful, beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's truly it's inspiring. So I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, like they just became like Rihanna overnight or Beyonce overnight right. or. Amory overnight, like right, it, and it's the it, same thing yeah. with influencers. Yeah, like you, you know, you got to get them like there, and also like give them that room to grow. Also, correct, correct. It it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And you know, we can we'll I know we'll get to like what are the gems, <laughs> you know, but that's the biggest one. Like it just doesn't. It can, but maintaining that level mm-hmm. is where it becomes the challenge. Like if you go viral and you're not ready. Mm-hmm. It, it can really backfire, you know? So slow and steady wins the race. Virability is cool, don't get me wrong, but slow and steady allows you to evolve and grow and develop mm-hmm. um, over time. But I'll leave it there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, but what uh, was there something that you studied in school that like also like helped like really like groom that? Yeah, so so I did eventually go to a music school for music business and realized very quickly was not for me. <laughs> and so my alternative again, because I do, I loved um, ads. I love watching commercials to this day. I, I love a good commercial. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into advertising. So I went to FIT um, and studied marketing and advertising um, there. And have been in the business for 15 years, that's 16, so almost 16 years. Now, did you have like a lot of internships? I feel like that's always the hard transition, like graduating and then like trying to find that like first like entry. Like, did you have like a lot of internships or did you just go into like entry? Um, that's a very good question. So um, my I did, a, did an internship in the music business. I worked at Bad Boy. Um, was not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and then I had another internship at the radio station at Light FM, and I swore up and down I was going to be a radio salesperson. Like I was like, "This is it. <laughs> this was going to be it." Um, but what happened when I graduated? Um, I just started my search for jobs, and it just there's so many opportunities in the advertising space. Um, and because of my internship at Light FM. It was a great, the, the lady who worked at the, my first agency, she knows the sales guy. So they were able to, you know, she, I got a reference and, um, and it just kind of worked out, you know, and I started doing um, media buying and what no one, no one was really getting into. Um, so it was easy to get into the industry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm in. And it was the best place to start. Like I would, if. My advice to someone trying to get into the advertising industry, start an agency. They teach you so much, so much, so much. You learn a lot from the ground down, from the ground. No, that's true. And I feel like that was kind of like one of the routes that I did uh, when I wanted to get into journalism. Like I knew a lot of people didn't like real estate. Uh, I love real estate. I can talk about it like all day, but that was always like a vacant spot at every internship or every publication I went to. And so I always stayed on that beat. And I was like, you know what, like when I get the chance, like I'll switch over to do media and like things I actually like. And I feel like a lot of times people are like, Oh, like that's not really what I want to do. But it's like, like you said, you have to do, you have to get get your foot in the door. So you might not like covering 
taxidermy, but if you want to work for NPR and that's all they have open or whatever, like do that or mm-hmm. whatever the position is, like just you got to you got to start at the ground floor. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to get right to like the C-suite. And it's like, love that for you. Aspirational. But you got to you can't really lead the whole everybody if you've never done everybody's job. So also so. love that. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, yeah, like, love, love mindset, but let's 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 reel it back. Let's take a step back. <laughs> a couple clicks. Let's go back a couple. Clicks. But speaking of clicks, was there something like at that agency or like job center down the road that kind of sparked the idea of creating Black Girl Digital? Like, what was? How did that? So at, at yeah, at that time, um, <laughs> no, I was always an entrepreneur and at heart, you know. Um, I just didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, and so from my first agency, then I, I was like, uh, I needed to be in digital because I was doing um, traditional media buying and planning on local radio, local TV, um, stuff like that. So from there, I was like, I need to be digital, went to digital and then went to Spike DDB or a Spike Lee's agency and then left his agency and went to Complex. And it was at Complex where I was there for seven years um, or during, in, in that time frame where I, I started to really understand the mm-hmm. ecosystem of the business. And then, I, and then I was like, well, what are the gaps, you know, and started to identify the gaps and where can I then fill that gap? Um, and I had a traumatic event um, where, you know, five days after I had given birth, we were hit by a car. And during the downtime, and yes, we're fine. <laughs> She's fine. My dog's fine. Because no, that's no, all good. Like, so, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what during the the healing time it it really gave me that moment to sit and and think about well I have a second chance you know what am I gonna do with my life what I'm here for a reason what am I gonna do about it what am I gonna do how am I gonna impact what does that look like um so when I went back to work, again, just getting all of the experience that I needed. And one day it really just came to me. I was like, well, who's creating brand partnerships for black females? Because I do brand partnerships all day and loved Complex dearly. But y'all just doing this for, the, for these men, right? So who are, who's doing it for women? And that's where the gap that I saw that and wanted to fulfill. And it, it happened, you know, I started the first, um, the first part of the business was really about black female bloggers. Cause that's what it, that's what the industry was where we were at that time. Um, so the mission was really to just help black female bloggers at the time get paid to do the things that they love. Right. Um, and so I helped, um, Nicole Kane transitioned from Nicole Bitchy to Exo Nicole. Um, and then I was managing her ad ops and, you know, building out all of her sales packages and then started working with Fashion Bomb Daily and The Cut Life and a few other publishers um, and really building out um, that ad ops kind of complex model. Um, but then 
it was like overnight life changed December 31st, um, going into January, uh, 2017, it was all about social media and all of, you know, a lot of my bloggers became influencers and the brands that I was working with, they wanted influencers. So it was a natural pivot. Um, it was a natural pivot, but I didn't have to shift away from my mission. I was still helping and serving black women um, and, and giving them and bringing them opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise had access to. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I feel like that's, you touched on such a good point. Like, I feel like now thinking about it, like whenever I see brands, partnerships or influencer things, it's always like, <clears throat> you'll see like black men or like men being the focus, but black women are often so heavily left out of the equation or they'll use them for something. And it's really mm-hmm. not as much attention as they did like everybody else. And black women creators are honestly the blueprint. If you want to get real, like, <laughs> like, like the blueprint, like, of so much, so much stuff that a lot of these brands and stuff try to like copy and emulate some black girl started. And I feel like a lot of times the brands will want that experience without actually bringing the whole person to the table. They just want to like pick and choose like, oh, like we like her. Like, oh, like, okay, like she'll fit like little quarter or like, oh, she has like natural hair. We want a girl with natural hair in the campaign. Let's just like whatever, but they don't want to, they just want to pick and choose in it. They're like, okay, well, like, just give her like a few hundred, just let her keep the clothes. But like the guy over here who's doing sports, they'll be like, oh, we want him to do that. And we want to have him like host this thing or do that event. And it's like, wait a minute now, you guys wanted that, but <laughs> you don't want to like actually pay her or do all this. And then you're continually like cop, literally just copying all her stuff, but you don't want to pay her because you don't want to, for whatever reason. It, it, it's a, there's a, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Um, I, I think that um, where the challenges happen is um, brands struggle with deciding who they want to talk to, right? It's, it's, it's hard to sometimes create a cohesive message across multiple cultures mm-hmm. and, and they struggle with that. Um, I think that from a a cost perspective, from from equity and fairness perspective, they struggle there because whoever is in charge is dictating what the value, Mm -hmm. who they value. 
why they value, right? And value is in the is in the eyes of the beholder, right? Because I can, in my soul, I've, I'm valued. I value that you got, you gonna pay me, <laughs> right? But it's, it doesn't matter if the perceived value, right? If the perceived value from the person who's paying me, they don't, if they only say, look, well, for what she's doing, I don't know. I guess I, you know, here's a hundred dollars, but they perceive the, the white influencer as a top notch quality you know, for whatever reason, and let's give her ten thousand dollars. It's <clears throat> we 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 kind of have to step back and say, well, what was the evaluation here? What did what's what made the determining factor for that value? What did you value more from this white creator over the black creator, over the black female creator? You know, where where did she go wrong, or where can she improve? in value for the perceived value. And, and for, for, for us, we are always trying to position the black female, the black female community at the top at premium value. Like this is what you're going to get when you are working with this black female. And that's, that's what makes us super special. You know, where, we're, we're, we're positioning the value in the eyes of the beholder. You know, the, I can't speak for what, what other people do. I just know that, um, when, when you're, when you're packaging up deals, it's about positioning what that value is to the person you're selling it to. You know, like I know that we're valuable, but if, as long if what I'm presenting does not show the value, then we're not mm-hmm. going to get the coin. We're not going to get the coin. Uh, but that's just, that's how we solve that problem. You know, I, again, I think that when brands are working with, you know, they, they may in, have an influencers team. Now it's a new department, right? In all, in all brands. Um, they have this team uh, that does the outsourcing and handling all of the brand, their, their brand deals, um, directly with the influencer. Now it's, well, what does, what does that panel look like? You know, what does that team look like? If, if this, this, in this brand partnerships person is a white girl or a white male, um, that has to now build multicultural, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) a diverse campaign, it might present some challenges, you know, and if they, if they have to, if, uh, if they have to create um, a campaign that's total market, right? Well, how are they going about that? What's the, what, what determines the value of this campaign and how are they then splitting those dollars equitably across multiple cultures, multiple communities, multiple um, diverse creators, right? Um, and then it, it, it's, there, but there's so many variables, you know, cause then it's, well, what are we asking the creators to do? How long is this campaign? What does, you know, licensing and all what, like all the things, um, that go into determining how this campaign is going to be fair and equitable. And I feel like you brought up a good point too. It's like whenever who's in the room that's on these influencer committees or on these things, cause if like, you don't have a black person or whatever on that team to kind of be like, no, like this is what they actually, cause it's like, 
you can be a person who's like non-black, whatever, and be like, oh yeah, we want to reach diverse, we want to do this. But if you're not taking the time to understand or like have somebody there to be like, hey, no, this is actually like what they're doing, whatever. And if you're just like being like, oh yeah, we need quota, but you're not taking the time to actually understand it and get to know them, then you're gonna quickly mm-hmm. just like skip over it and like not pay attention to it. Just be like, oh, like, oh, she only has like 3,000 followers, like, okay, but if her engagement's up and she's doing X, Y, and Z and doing all this stuff that, like, somebody else can be able to explain, then they're like, oh, okay, this is the value. Okay, this is what they're, like, it has nothing to do with their account. Like, this is what she produces good quality content in X, Y, Z field. Correct. So she'll be able to carry out this fall or whatever campaign that we're trying to do with the same level as excellent as we uh, compared to somebody with, like, Correct. 2 million over here, like, non-black. So I feel like Correct. It's so important. You can't just be about like doing the diversity campaign. You need people in the room who look like the people Correct. you're trying to actually reach. <laughs> it's so Correct. It's it's internal and external. And it's very important to have um, that internal team, as you stated, reflect externally what you're trying to do. Or you hire companies like Black Girl Digital. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> and I feel like, but that's such a good. And I mean, like from recent conversations I've had with like other media companies and other agencies and stuff. What I'm glad that they're seeing is they're now being like, you know what, we want to reach um, the Black community, the Latinx community more. Like, let's go and look for these agencies. And I'm now seeing more companies like take that action and be like, okay, we can't just post a black square and call it a day and be like, did it? Like, no. Like, we need to. <laughs> we need to. Actually, exactly. It's like, no, you don't get it. Like, you need to actually learn and understand it. I'm, I'm glad to see more agencies. There's still a lot that needs to be done, but I'm glad to see like agencies being like, you know what? Like, we need to let's work with this um, black PR firm about doing this event or whatever, or let's hire this um, Latinx agency to help us with this initiative or whatever. Like, I'm now seeing more and more do that versus in the uh, like some are just like posting a black square being like, oh, never forget so-and-so. And it's like, um, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not an overnight thing. And it's hilarious to see some of these brands be so performative, um, you know, but, and not take a, take a step back to create that long-term strategy. Uh, there are some brands and agencies doing a really great job at saying, all right, well, what's the, what's the game plan and what's the measurement uh, against it to, to really track the success of the game plan? You know, how are we really, truly working to change um, how we're going about working with diverse partners, not just influencers, because that's, that's only mm-hmm. a layer. It's really about how are we working with diverse partners at the end of the day. And a lot of these creators can tell if you're just trying to make quota <laughs> or if you're genuinely trying to make an impact. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of them, like in the past, I could get away with that. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, like, oh, so and so much. Like, all right. But it's like every everybody is like, you know, like this would be nice to work with this big major label brand. But you guys are clearly just trying to check a box. And I need to know what you're doing internally and externally, of like how to support the communities that I'm a part of. Because my people and my audience are going to be able to be like, girl, you did this for a check <laughs> and quickly like decipher that out versus like if it's a brand that truly is like, you know, we're doing the leg work or like you said, it doesn't happen overnight, but we're trying, we're, we're doing this. Like we put these things in place to educate our people internally and externally 
then it's going to make more sense and you're going to be able to attract those influence that you want a lot of brands do want to work with black and other types of creators but they're not getting that like okay like what are you doing to actually mm-hmm. work with you and also what are you doing to educate yourself like you can't just like hire a, a group of black influence for black history month and then next day go back to like whatever whatever like no <laughs> like it's got to be something that's like part of your ethos you can't just like put it in right one, <laughs> for one month and be like did it did the check we work with so-and-so <laughs> Right back to our regular <laughs> schedule. Like, like no, you gotta, you gotta build it in there because we could see you. Like, you don't care. <laughs> but uh, but what are some? Do you have any like favorite black female content creators or like favorite ones? Like, overall, like? favorite, mm. you know. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say favorite, but there are so many that do such great work, and they're consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, like high low lux. Oh, if I were a fashionista, <laughs> let me tell you. If if I didn't live below my means and did like, I would be broke if I had to keep up with her. But I still do love just looking at the, the consistency and the quality in her production. Um, and it's, it, it appears to be effortless, but let me tell you, it's not, it takes so much effort to do what they do. You know, like you literally walking around with the camera all day long, planning, editing, posting, engaging. That is a jizzy job. Okay. Well, I need to check. <laughs> I need I need two checks for that. It's a it's a job, <laughs> and I I watch all of these creators, and I do a lot of stuff that they do. I have all the camera equipment, the mics, the lights, you name it. I got it to really understand what it takes, you know. So I, if somebody's like we, you know, we we just want them to do one quick. There's no such thing as one mm-hmm. quick because the black girl. We got to do a whole hour face, mm-hmm. forget about the hair. Maybe you got to get a new wardrobe. Like there's no, the whole, it's, a production. <laughs> it's a, it's a production, it's a production. <laughs> you know? So, um, I, I, again, even like watching fashion bomb daily, Claire, I, I know I, personally, I, I know all the things that go behind what it is like the traveling, the keeping up with the outfits. Like, it's just a lot. It's 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 impressive and very inspiring. Like I'm trying to think, it's not like I like uh, I'm trying to think it's like makeup Shayla, just like seeing her career. Make oh, I love her, like just seeing her career grow. So good. I love how it's like so she good. how from the beginning like she was one of, she was one of those creators that like showed behind the scenes like you said like the camera like how long it takes to do the editing and like all that like she really peels back the layers and just seeing her just like stay consistent with like working with brands and partnerships and that really truly align with her stuff. Like, I feel like you can go through any of her first partnerships to now and be like, okay, no, she truly believes in this product or she's actually using this. Like she's not just trying to check a box. Like she really does this for real. Uh, see mm-hmm. what other ones like Julissa Calderon, like watching all her content. She's really fun. Um, Jackie, Ina, obviously. Mm. 
Oh, Jackie like, Aina, first of all, I just want to move yeah, into her like, home. First of all, she's I wanna, getting lucky. I want to be her. <laughs> I want to be her roommate. Like the, <laughs> the luxury, and I'm like, she's. I just feel like she's just always comfy and cozy, and I'm just like, I'm like, just <laughs> put on a candle and just like talk to her. Put on some- <laughs> Seriously, like, she's just like. That's, again, if I if I didn't live below my means, I'd be shopping in her shop. I, my whole home would be everything in her freaking store. Like, but I, I I cannot get caught up in spending my my little pennies. But I would I'd be wanting I'll be wanting to buy. I'm gonna get. I have to get a candle though. Like I just love her. I, I love, love her, her Sylvia. She's so cool, and I just love how they really how all of them have all just gone beyond like you said like how do they bring the, how do they really like go viral and then like kind of make it a thing and how they've all have really perfected their brand like i think mm-hmm. of cozy comfy whatever i think of jackie's like jackie's candles or when i think of like mm-hmm. somebody who's if i want to find like the next um uh black founded beauty brand i know my uh makeup shayla's gonna have a video on it where i can simply go and say like oh newbie's palette drop something new or whatever like there's i feel like everybody's consistent with how they made their brand identity but also help taking right. it off the page and truly becoming like business owners over it where they're like you know this didn't happen overnight but this is the next step for what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna bring you guys with me versus right. a lot of them will leave right like, the background stuff and be like, like oh yeah like i have a business now it's like wait but weren't you in your grandma's kitchen uh putting on some blue crab yesterday like how we get here <laughs> listen you definitely got to commend the people who who you see their journey along the way. You know, it's it's definitely. Like, I, I, re- I really appreciate seeing that. And going back to you all, are there any like brand partnerships that you all have enjoyed working with, and uh, just like projects that you all have like re- have been like, you know what? No, this really is like who we stand for. This is really our mission. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go with first the city of Boston. I just enjoy both campaigns that we've worked on. We're wrapping up um, our second campaign with them. And for this one, it was a really, really um, true inclusive campaign. We had uh, black, white, Asian uh, I believe we had a Latin X. Um, uh, we had um, someone from the LGBTQ. It was it was a just a beautiful all inclusive campaign. We flew the influences from their respective cities into the city of Boston to experience what Boston has to offer. And then um, a few of them had uh, off had a, a giveaway that they gave away the same experience to their audience to go and fly into Boston. Like, it was just great. I, you know, I really uh, enjoy working with uh, Visit Boston and, and how they care about showing diversity in and around the city. So that was cool. And then my, my new latest favorites are um, the Walmart campaigns that we're working on. Um, you know, Walmart, I grew up in Walmart. I grew up, you know, going and shopping at Walmart. My school clothes <laughs> came from Walmart. <laughs> I, I was raised in Houston. So um, Walmart is very much a staple, um, was a staple in, in the household. So 
to be able to work on campaigns with them and, you know, just giving opportunities to creators to create products or products or um, to create content with Walmart is a beautiful thing. Um, But aside from just creating content and saying, hey, people shop here, um, Walmart's really allowed us to create experiences that give back to the community. And it's not just about shop with the brand. You know, it's this is how you can actually get your brand inside of Walmart, you know. And for me, that speaks volumes to uh, the impact and what Walmart is trying to um, how they're trying to do their part outside of, you know, just having these stores in in these major cities. So Walmart's definitely one of my my new faves. <laughs> now, now, those two are ones that you were, but do you have any like dream ones? Like who is somebody that like you really, like you were just like, ooh, I got to get one with them. <laughs> <sighs> you know, um, any brand under the Coca-Cola imprint, like Coke is huge. Coke is mm-hmm. huge. And there's just so many, there's so many um, opportunities and ideas that, that we have cooking up <laughs> that would be such a great fit. Um, and then, ooh, I'm going to have to go with, um, with Ulta. Oh, that's a good one. Ulta that, that's a good, would that's be... A good one. I mean, the ideas that we have for Ulta, you know, the cre- we work with so many amazing creators. Oh, kill it. Like, you know, I, I, love, I love Ulta. Like, that, that's somebody on my list, too. Mm-hmm. I, I love skincare and I love... Because that's it. They have so many yeah. things. <laughs> they have so, so I'm like, many there's things. so many. They have hair care, skincare. Like, there's so many avenues so many that you things. can do with Ulta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like food wise oh dang i don't know i really want to work with oat i would pick oatly because i love oat milk i know it's so specific but i love oat milk okay. and i feel like all of us and like millennials we all have dairy issues <laughs> so i'm like i'm like we need somebody to be pushing like these non-dairy like uh milk alternatives like we gotta push, seriously we gotta push those <laughs> but um in terms of like networking and connecting other um of your creators and stuff do you guys do any like networking events in different cities to kind of get other soon 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 it's coming it's coming we are um we're launching our influencer nights um in actually i think our first one is going to be july 1st um that's going to be in New York, and then we're going to be hosting a, a couple more uh, in and around Atlanta, um, and then just kind of taking it on a road from there. So that is definitely in the works. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget to come back to Houston and do one there. <laughs> yes. That, yes. <laughs> more more info on, on that to come. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> But moving over into the Q&A part of it, like, what advice do you have for uh, Black female creators or women of color uh, creators who are wanting to take their content creation to the next step, who want to work with, like, agencies like you all? Like, what advice would you give them? Be like, hey, I have all these ideas. I just now need, like you said, somebody to help me from the ground up. Like, 
what should they be doing? Um, I would definitely say it's important to know who your audience is. Um, knowing who your audience is and what their needs are and how, and how you can better serve them, it helps when you're trying to decide what brands you want to work with and what you, you know that you can deliver on. Um, what I see too often is um, our creators who don't really know their audience and they just take any project and then the project, they under-deliver. Mm-hmm. You, you under-deliver because you don't know, you, you didn't take the time out to uh, understand who your, your audience is and, and their, what their needs are. So, for example, if just just because you, you know, do fashion, maybe your audience, they're there just for, you know, they just want to see. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily like, you don't inspire them to buy. Mm-hmm. So that means if you said, hey, brand, I have, you know, 10,000 followers and I do fashion and they send you some clothes, they're expecting you to sell. Mm-hmm. They're expecting an ROI. So... If no one, if no one clicks on your affiliate link, you're not, you you haven't noticed that your audience, they're just here for a look. They're not here for advice on where to buy, you know? So you, you'll, you can kind of see based on what the response are. If it's just beautiful, love it, gorgeous, <laughs> sweet, right? They're just, they, they just, you're, they just looking, but if you if you see oh my gosh where is that where can i find that where's the link now you have an audience that is is super engaged and interested and motivated to buy what it is that you that that you're selling right and so now that is what uh, a brand is looking for can you motivate someone to buy something or do something you know if you say hey go and follow this brand are they going to do it? That is being influential. You know, that is having true influence. And that is what I want to see our black female creators really step up and step into is shifting from just being, you know, alike, but shifting into being a person of influence. Like you're really, truly influencing the audience to do, to create to do an action so. well, that that you should completely blew my mind with that because that's so there's so <laughs> many like in front of that look and i'm like oh i i need i'm going out tonight so i know i can go to their page and like see a look and be like okay i can do that and then like you said other comments are like oh it looks good like oh don't hurt them but like there's no like send me the link and <clears throat> when you said that made me think of like oh whenever i think of so-and-so and another person like we're all always like, yo, drop the link for that chain. Like, exactly. That's so true. I never thought of it like that. Y'all need to start asking for an affiliate link from me. <laughs> Listen, if, 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 if people want to know where you got something, you're influential, period. And if it's consistent, you have, now you have something to sell to a brand. Now you can demand more you can demand because that what's what's the shift that's gonna happen one day um is people are really gonna start holding influencers accountable for those mm-hmm. results if i'm giving you a ten thousand dollar bag what am i getting that back in return 
What am I getting back in return? What does that look like? And as an influencer, you have to be able to articulate what that would look like. Yeah, you can't just be like, oh, if I post this, like I'll get 10,000 likes, but are people, but like you said, people need to be like, where's the link? Where can I get this? It can't be just like, love the outfit, like, ooh, step it on their necks. Like, <laughs> like that's not an ROI. Like, a con- like that's not gonna, that's not gonna do anything. <laughs> not a nothing. And, <laughs> and what advice would you give to brands who are like, okay, we wanna, start working with more black female creators but we can't find them where what advice do you have to those brands who are like okay like where do we start like okay we're ready yeah absolutely you can start working with black girl digital we're here to help we book creators at scale specifically black female creators but it let them know <laughs> you can find us here at blackgirldigital.com <laughs> where can we find are you guys on instagram like where the where can the people find you we are on Instagram at Black Girl Digital, spelled as sound, and there's no shortcuts. It's B-L-A-C-K, Girl Digital. Um, same for on LinkedIn, same on uh, Facebook, and yeah. All righty. Well, Latoya, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you. This was so fun. Thanks thank so you so much knowledge. for having me. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. You know, stay tuned for more information because we are um, working on the on dropping information regarding our Black Creator Monetization Summit in October. Um, It will be in Atlanta. So very, very excited about that. So stay tuned for more information coming soon. Okay, now you're leaving us with a teaser. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.